Greg Romero Wilson, TV hey, hey. network TV star. Yeah, 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 yeah. That network television star. <laughs> How cool was that? How many people could say they're on a network television show during the pandemic? That's number one in the country. Number one. We got the number one TV star in the country. On the- <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to MMA Exaggerated. No, <laughs> are you not on the number one show on Well, Wednesday? it was it was doing quite well when it was out. It's uh, during the eight episodes. It was number one on most of the nights that it was out. Yeah, and we also have a guy, okay, in Sean McCorkle, who was who beat Mark Hunt in less than a minute. How many people did that in their life? Nobody. Uh, yeah, one only person. me. One person. What, including you? Uh, oh, no, I think Melvin Manhoff beat him too, but we pretend like he didn't. So, wait, he did he beat him in, in, in one minute? I think like in 15 seconds or something crazy. So. All right. Well, you know what? I don't we'll take this part out. Not an MMA. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that was Edit. Edit. Was that, was that in mixed martial arts you beat him or in kickboxing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nobody knows about it because it was in K1, but it was an MMA fight. So I always claim, like, I beat him eight times faster than Fedor and five times faster and over him. I never bring up Melvin Banoff. So. All right. Well, listen. Leave that one okay. out. We have, we have guys that are one of a kind here. Okay. So. This is the best podcast out there, uh, and, and we appreciate all the love we're getting. We're getting a lot more love every week. Uh, listen, we got to start with Colby versus Woodley because that fight was, uh, man, that fight. Look, I like both guys, and I wanted it to be a draw. I just wish it was more competitive because it was sad to watch Tyron Woodley go out like that. Um, yeah, man, he did not look good. I mean, we all—I think we all picked Colby. We all said it was going to be Colby, and yeah. and but you go into it hoping that it's going to be exciting and like like maybe he's going to prove us wrong. It's one of those times you don't want to be proven right necessarily. Well, but it was pretty obvious from the drop that Colby's in his prime and Woodley is well past it. Well, that's what the thing is that when they put on the screen 38 and 32 as he ages, I was like, because when I, when I look at them, I think they're the same age. When I just look at them or hang out with them, yeah. when you see the five or six years difference, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, and then also, there's a couple things, a couple things. Number one, I think it's a matter of, look, they're both amazing fighters, both great fighters. In, the, in, in Woodley's prime, it definitely would have been obviously a lot more competitive. Oh, totally different fight in Woodley's prime. I would have absolutely, in Woodley's prime, I would have absolutely gone with Woodley. But, yeah, it wasn't. Was but it was also a matter of right now, who were, who's been working harder, I think. Yeah. And Colby, you know, say what you want about his politics or his personality or how he rubs you the wrong way. I, there's very few fighters that work as hard as Colby Covington. Even when he, yeah. like, he's, he's probably in the gym right now you know, uh, or yesterday or Sunday. He's a guy that just does not skip probably three a days. He's always working. He's got no distractions. And, uh, and unfortunately, you can't say the same for Tyron Woodley, who, you know, it's just the sport has. Well, he's got his singing career to think about now. Well, he's gotten to a point where I think, he takes, <laughs> I think he takes months off. I think he takes months off. I feel like, what? Uh, I feel like he doesn't actually, 
you know, take it as serious as Colby Covington. And, and it showed because I think you got two guys that if they put the same work ethic in, I think it's a different fight. But Colby doesn't skip. He doesn't skip. And it, it, that's what showed. Also, you know, I was watching this fight thinking of a couple of points. But one of them, I go, man, imagine if Colby had more punching power, right? How dangerous would he be if he had one punch? But then I thought, you know what? That's probably a blessing in Colby's case. Because you look at all these guys who start off as wrestlers. You look at guys like Tyron Woodley, Josh Koscheck, Yo Romero, John Dodson. Even put, you could put Dan Henderson, Cody Garbrandt, Justin Gaethje in the fights that he lost. Where they, got, they fell in love with their power and they stopped, they stopped all the punches. They stopped throwing hundreds of – and they stopped the wrestling. Colby knows he doesn't have that lights out one, and that's why he's so effective. He doesn't, he doesn't rely on the punching power. He doesn't stand back and go, oh, I can end this fight in the third round if I get the right shot. He just is a consistent workhorse, and it showed. Uh, McCorkle, thoughts? Yeah, I was just – the whole time I was watching, I kept wondering, like, who would Shang most likely politically align with? It's just confusing. <laughs> between the two of them, I was like, I don't know which side Shang would be on on their political views. Yeah. Like, I have no idea between uh, Woodley Mystery. and uh, you know, That's what I was wondering. But, um, you know, I, mean, I wish, uh, I wish, the upcoming uh, election. I wish Colby would have fought Usman the same way he fought Woodley. And obviously, Usman's better than Woodley at this point. But uh, I was saying the whole fight, I wish Colby would take him down just once. Like, just try, give it your all one time, go in there and shoot a double. And he did. And when he took him down, it changed the whole fight. I thought, man, I was able to control him the whole round. And I uh, was able to do it again later. So, that's uh, kind of like you said. I think he just decided with Usman that he couldn't or didn't want to risk it. But um, if he's, when Colby stays at kicking range, he's going to be hard to beat, man. Um, you know, I knew that Woodley still got that big right hand, but Colby did a great job all fight of staying within, just within kicking range, not, you know, punching range. And as long as he's throwing those leg kicks and those front kicks out, uh, you're not going to be able to catch him with the big right hand, you know? So. Do you think his new kick – because when, when he left his camp, I go, oh, no. This is going yeah. to end bad, you know – Usually guys that start their own camp, it never, it never works out. I could rarely say when it hasn't worked out. I could say, I could say when it hasn't worked out plenty of times versus when it has worked out. But do you think maybe his new camp had a better strategy than his old camp? Um, sometimes it's good to switch things up, I think. Um, I was worried, too, about that uh, going into it because usually when a guy – I mean, several guys have tried that, and I've never seen it work. So this may be the first time it ever worked, like where they go and build a camp around themselves. But when you're – you know, when you're at ATT – well, maybe Colby didn't have the best guys to spar with because he alienated everybody. But uh, typically, a, a guy <laughs> would have the best guys in the world to spar and train with every day, best coaches. And then when you go and try to, you know, bring in, you know, like four or five guys, you know, or whatever, like even like uh, Cowboy Cerrone, you know, built his own little ranch out there and brings out his guys. He's probably the best fighter out there when he trains. And that's never a good thing to be the best guy in the gym. So He, he, he did take my joke, by the way, because I said uh, he's going well, to put – a beating like you never experienced, I guess. I guess he's going to start rapping in the octagon. And right. then, yeah, I, I, th I thought of you right when I heard him say that, dude. I'm like, that's Adam he, Hunter's joke. Yeah, he took my vote. You know what? He could have it. Uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, he's a friend of the show. Why not? Of course. Uh, have it. We know. What are your thoughts about the, the fight? I think anybody who picked, uh, who picked Colby Covington to win, the, the fight went exactly how they thought it was going to go. You know, I mean, they probably didn't expect the fifth-round TKO via broken rib, which was I think was very surprising. It, you know, it sucks. You know, I feel bad for Tyrant for suffering such a, you know, shitty injury. But if you look at the significant strikes, it's like, it's crazy. You know, a total strikes. Oh, yeah. Colby, has, Colby has 232 total strikes. 
Uh, Tyron had 67 total strikes and significant strikes. Colby had 78. Tyron had 34. And Colby had three takedowns. Uh, Tyron had one. It's just, it just really showed in this fight how good Colby, you know, really is at this point in his career. And I would love to see him go up there and fight Kamaru or Jorge Masvidal. I think he, at this point, he beats both of those guys. I think he definitely beats Masvidal. I think Kamaru is pretty much the same fighter as Colby. I think if they fought 10 times right now, it would be 5-5. Five, five. Because yeah. that, that last fight could have won either way. It, it, you know, one minute, that's called with like a minute and a half left. And he was, I thought he was winning that round, possibly, and winning the fight. I mean, I thought it was 2-2 going into that last round. And I was there. Now, uh, here's where I wish Colby would change it up a little bit. Because, like, and I, I like Colby. He's a friend. You know, Woodley's a friend, too. I wish at some point he had some sort of gamesmanship. You know, when Tyron Woodley's sitting there with, in pain, you beat the shit out of him. You put him in his own blood. Fucking check on him. You know, go there. But hey, man, you know, it's he's still a fighter. He's still a, a guy in your sport. He's still an athlete. He's, I mean, you guys are in the same. You guys shared an experience. You mean sportsmanship. More yeah, sportsmanship. sportsmanship. Like, I didn't like it when Masvidal knocked out Askren and laid down next to him. You know, I, after he, he need him. In the, I thought that was like, dude, come on, man. I mean, this guy could be dead right now. And, and you're, you're taunting him. I don't like it when Colby does that to Woodley because, I mean, look, you don't have to shake his hand at the beginning. You don't have to touch gloves. You know, Woodley called him a racist. Uh, Colby said some bad things about him. It was, there was obviously some animosity, but you won. You won the athletic contest. Just, just I mean, you're still, a, you're an athlete, bro. At, at like, at day one, you're taught to show good sportsmanship. You don't, you don't have to be guy, the guy's best friend. I actually annoy, it annoys me when, when they all, when they hug in the third round and like they're, it's like, just fight, just fight first and hug at the end, you know, but just check on the guy. He's obviously in pain. You did that to him just to see if he's okay. Greg. Yeah. No, but nobody likes a sore loser, but nobody really likes a sore winner, man. Like, uh, I didn't like that. The, I thought that if he would have went over and at least checked on him and asked him if he's all right, if, uh, show a little class, you know, but Colby, I think is playing that character so much that he, uh, kind of loses track of who he is and what well, that, uh, that's what i was thinking that's it's kind of in line with his character to to not you know to not do that yeah wing dog said nobody uh, would have guessed he probably would have finished him in the fifth i'll tell you who did bet it in 25 to 1 that uh colby would win uh in the fifth and that was me so no way Damn. Damn. Nice. yeah i got a hit a 25 to 1 uh, on a 50 dollar bet uh that uh, colby i bet that he would win in the third fourth and fifth each one of them, because one of them paid uh, whatever, 15 to 1, 18 to 1, then 25 to 1. So, wow. Um, yeah, I was oh, sadly man. happy to see him. Well, I, uh, I, 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 I hear you, <laughs> but like, he wouldn't lose any fans that loved him if you went over and checked on him. And he would have gained right. And he would have gained Right, him. yeah. You know, yeah, no, that's true. That's right. A little, uh, yeah, a little compassion was, uh, I mean, Conor McGregor's a master at it. Conor McGregor will say the most hateful things ever. Then afterward, he, you know, is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd be like, hey, it was just a show. It was just a show. Yeah. Even, even Mayweather does that. Mayweather knocks the guy, it says the most horrible shit you've ever heard. But at the end, he goes, you know, look, you guys both made money together. You, you know, you won. I mean, you, I, I understand not wanting to touch gloves because that can, it's a whole psychological thing. The fight hasn't started yet. In the fifth round, I could see him not wanting to. Maybe he thought Tyron was like, that was a way for him to stop the beating. I could see that. But after you obviously won, and even when he was like, uh, 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 my ribs, he still kept punching him the ribs when like, yeah. <laughs> it was like, come on, man. Like, I, I, I get it. That's where I'm like, that. And then I think that, uh, like, if he would just, if Colby would just 
turned down a little bit of these notches. I think that like at the, him, him and Usman, like I thought his speech was hilarious. Thank Donald Trump. I mean, I don't agree with it, but, but I was hilarious. <laughs> it was entertaining. In fact, I wanted him at some point. I'm like, every time he wins, I'm like, I know he's going to piss everybody off with his speech. And there's something very WWE slash entertaining about that. Right. I'm like, Oh, for sure. I can't wait to see what he says. Cause you know, everyone's gonna get pissed off. Right. Colby's um, the only person that's ever made me nervous before he gives a speech. Like usually I'm nervous if I had to give a speech, I'm nervous when he gives one. I'm like, Oh God, Colby, don't do it, please. And then dude, when he put Trump on speakerphone live, I thought this could end Trump's presidency. If he doesn't know he's on speakerphone, like who knows? what he's going to say if he thinks on a private phone call. That's you know? so funny. He'd be like, yeah, hey, grapevine, go out there, grab some pussies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. It's your night. Go for it. Like, I mean, you don't know because it's candy. He's like, like, I got to take a call from Putin real point. quick. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of cool, actually. Like, he actually looked like a little kid who saw Santa Claus. Like, like <laughs> I mean, Colby was like, you could tell he was really touched by that. And Trump, to his credit, who didn't know if he speaking on he even said, like, man, that guy was really tough. I give that guy a lot of credit. And you could tell that Woodley was not a fan of Donald Trump at all. You no. Know? And, and Trump was like, hey, that guy was strong. He was tough. He made it look easy. He gave, he gave Woodley a lot of props, you know. Well, he even said he was a former champ, so Trump knew a little bit about it. You know, he said he's a former champ. He's a, you know, like he knew – he knows the sport a little bit, so. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. But what I didn't like was him and Usman are going at it, and he's like, I'm going to fuck you up, blah, blah, blah. And then Usman says, oh, you're going to have Trump uh, thing. And he goes, oh, what? When you won, did you have your tribe send smoke signals? And, and now what? he's like, mixing up so many different things. There. <laughs> well, now, because now all of a sudden. They're very different tribes. Well, now all of a sudden it's he's racist. He said a racist thing on ESPN. And then you got people going, well, in Nigeria, there's 100 different tribes. You know, what was wrong? People defending what he said, that he wasn't wrong. And, and now you have a whole, and it's just like, bro, you didn't have to go there. Like, but then there's the comedian in me who goes, well, when it comes to shit talk, all is fair play and people, blah, blah, blah. But it's just like, uh, man, you know, it, it's like, he just didn't have to go there. You know, it, there was no need for that. And, and, it's, and, and you're just, now people are going to say, it's just like, oh God. You know? It wasn't like when he went after uh, Matt Hughes for getting hit by a train. That had to be done. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I mean, I mean, what do you, I mean, what's the point of Greg of him saying the smoke signals tribe? What, what, what? Well, I, I think I mean, isn't smoke signals are traditionally associated with Native American tribes? Which is so why it's just, also a little bit more funny because Colby always fucks saying. up when that's he what, talks. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's a, he fu he's fucked it up. It's not even you know the right tribes. He, he so, said I mean, uh, Kamara was a dimensional fighter. Like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, or was it? He, like he said, like I don't know, but he said dimensional. I just thought of like space or like interdimensions. Or yeah, something. I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, it was, uh, I know oh, what you're talking what? about. It was. Uh, was I don't oh know the God. exact quote. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean, though. He used the wrong yeah. word while we were talking shit back and forth. So, so now, well, that makes kind of a lot of sense. Look, I mean, the guy but, just got punched by Tyron Woodley a bunch of times in the face. Not exactly having clear thoughts, but at the same time, it's like you don't need to do that, bro. Like, you just. But then again, these guys aren't comics, Greg. It's like, even as a comic, we fuck up. As comics, That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, listen, some, when you're riffing, you step in it sometimes. Yeah. You're, not try, you're not trying to. You're trying to be funny. You're trying to be witty. You're trying to go for the comeback. And sometimes, you know, you, you strike, you hit a low blow. 
Right. You know, I mean, and, and it doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person or that you think evil thoughts all the time. Yeah. It just means you were trying to do the rat-a-tat and you just eh, hit a bad note. I mean, as a comedian, I, I get it, you know? As someone who's hit a few bad notes himself, well, I, I, I get it. I, I, I make them per, I mean, how many shows I left going like, oh, 44 minutes of that show was amazing. But what the fuck was I thinking in that one minute? You know, like yeah, oh no, I've spent whole shows. I spent forty-four minutes making up for what I said in the first minute because I, <laughs> I went mean, into the crowd and stepped in it right off the bat, and then spent I the rest of the time. I mean, I've called you man. going, "What do I do? I'm gonna get canceled." Like I mean, going like I've literally called you going, "What the fuck was I thinking?" And you're like, you're like Adam when you riff. So I can see that. Like, look, Kobe didn't expect Trump to call him. He was trying to come back at Usman, but is he racist? I don't. I don't think he's. Well, racist. I mean, he is racist. I mean, no, we I know that. I mean, really, you think it's just, But that doesn't. But that wasn't what he was trying to be in that moment necessarily. He was just trying to think of a comeback. Yeah. But, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah he's, I mean, that doesn't mean he's not racist. I mean, yeah, he's racist. I mean, come on. A couple of things, you know, Adam. You know how you said that you could uh, really understand, like you had forty-four good minutes and one that you blew the whole thing. Yeah. The same thing happens with Brendan Schaub, except the exact opposite. He focuses on the one minute where he told it this and the 44 were bad. And the other thing, you want to hear a good Native American story? So, Oh, God. I'm, uh, Here we I go. Was, I was dating this Native American girl for a little while. Actually, this story starts out with uh, Joe Silva sent me a text. They said, hey, Sean, how's it going? And I was like, good, Joe. What do you need? Just trying to stay in their good graces. He goes, I need a favor. Anything you want, Joe. Like, I was just trying, when I was with UFC, just trying not to rock the boat too much. He responds back, can you stop saying racist shit on Twitter? And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I was like, that's not good. So I go and look on Twitter, and apparently I had forgotten I had posted a text conversation with a girl I was dating at the time who was Native American. And uh, she had mentioned to me she was on her college rowing team. And my response was, I bet you could canoe like a motherfucker, which is a great joke, right? Yeah. Funny. You get it? Like, I respond that to the girl in text. So then I, I post that text, and uh, Joe Silva saw it and didn't like it. And oh. so he asked me if I could stop posting racist shit on Twitter. And I said, uh, but what if it's really funny? Because I was just trying to make him laugh. And then his response was, oh, my God. That's all he said back. So then I, I didn't say anything back because I didn't know what else. I was like, okay, well, I'll just leave it at that. And then I got my release about three weeks later. Um, because I put, on <laughs> I put on Twitter again that I said that there's two things I have no tolerance for, racism and interracial dating. And uh, <laughs> apparently – they didn't get the joke or the irony of that, so they well, released me. But here's the thing, honestly, like the the, the, the canoe story, I, it would probably be Native Americans probably find that hilarious or find it. Right? Yeah, she loved it. I care. It's like Joe Silva that gets offended. I, I I find that most of the time, it's rarely ever if it's the the if you make a black joke and if from a black crowd, the black people laugh, the white people go, oh, then you can't say that. Right. And someone you know? who has nothing to do with it that gets all upset about it. Yeah. And to the Colby point, I'm joking about Colby being a racist. I don't know him like that. I'm just kidding. I don't personally. I don't think he's a racist. I just think he he plays one on TV. I just think he's <laughs> <laughs> he just lets racist shit fall out of his mouth. No, I mean I, that's what I'm saying. I don't know him like that. I'm just joking. In case people don't see the video part. All right. Know? So all right. Now listen. Uh, all right. So now what Colby did is he somehow bonded MMA fans together because. He calls out LeBron James. LeBron responds to it after a game. They asked him about it. LeBron says, well, you know, it's easy to talk shit when you're not in the ring, right? So now all of a sudden, there's a big debate whether or not Kobe would beat LeBron in a fight. Uh, Kobe would absolutely beat LeBron in a fight. First of all, Kobe, oh, yeah. people go, he's 170. He's not 170. He's about 195, maybe even 200. 
solid 200, okay? And I know LeBron's 265, but it doesn't matter. LeBron has never fought before, and he, he's never trained before. Colby would shoot a double leg, take him down, and choke him out. I mean, we've, I've seen that in jiu-jitsu classes where, like, a great athlete walks into the gym and gets the shit beaten out of him by a, a 155-pound dude because he knows how to fight. Uh, yeah. Now, same thing happened, Ben. The same thing can happen with an NCAA Division One wrestler. If they don't know jiu-jitsu, they can be as athletic and as good a wrestler as they want. They get choked out over and over and over again. And but that yeah. to, to, Colby has a better chance of beating LeBron one-on-one -on -one in basketball than LeBron has of beating Colby in a fight. Literally. Really? No, right? come on. Yeah. Yeah, no. no, I mean, because you could always throw a shot up and it could go I in. Would say, I would say the odds would be distinctly against Colby winning in a basketball game greater than LeBron. Because LeBron, with his size, would still have, like, you know, wait, a game, power wait, puncher. A game luck. to one point? A game to what? Where you could just possibly just throw well, yeah, no, right. it's a game to if it's first, If it's first basket wins and he gets the ball first, then yes, then it would be the same. But otherwise, <laughs> no, it would not be the same. If I, if I had to put the odds, I would say if they played a game to five with ones and twos, like three points count for two, Colby has the same chance to beat LeBron in no. basketball. And I, I played basketball at a high level, man. I played, I played in college, and I know a couple NBA players. I played against them. And those guys are so good at basketball, you can't even believe it. Like the guys that were unbelievably good sat the bench that I knew in the NBA. Right, but, uh, right, right, right. But, the guys that fight and people have no idea. I've seen a 135 pound guy and it's not, I mean, obviously if you take an NFL defensive lineman who's like Greg Hardy or something like that and throw him in there with your eye favor, Greg Hardy's probably going to win even without training. Cause there is a, I mean, there is a limit to technique, but Colby is, I mean, Stipe walks around at 230, 235. Colby walks around at 200. It's not really that much difference between those two. You know I mean? You got three or four inches, but that's why I said it. If, if it's so, I was arguing with people online about it. If it's just size and athleticism, why doesn't any fail? Why doesn't Bob Sapp in his prime just like just come in and beat whoever? You know what I mean? If it's that he was 375 pounds of pure muscle strength, way bigger than LeBron, why didn't he? I mean, I guess he did okay. He, did. he, beat, he beat Ernesto Hoos twice. Right. And yeah. was accused so, I mean, of kidnapping talking, in Nigeria. <laughs> but you're talking LeBron has a 50 pound weight advantage. That was a 175 pound weight advantage and athletic, you know? So, but okay. it's a. Uh, yeah, people try to say wait, here, Okay, so here's a real question. Sorry to interrupt. Who wins, LeBron or Cejudo? Uh, if LeBron has balls at all, which he probably doesn't, LeBron. But uh, I don't uh, – yeah, I mean, if he has – but I mean, I've seen LeBron barely get tapped on the face and fall down and act like he's hurt for 30 minutes. So Well, that's know, but, just part of the game. That's just how yeah. – but, but you don't yeah. – but you don't – You can't, know, you can't, you can't act like that's how you would really take it. You, but, they all do that, you know, so who knows about 160? Um, he he uh, he's an Olympic wrestling gold gold medalist. He's great at jiu-jitsu. You don't think he could possibly just out slick LeBron James and uh, I mean he could maybe submit him with a choke or something. He would have a hard time probably. I mean he could knock him out if he could reach his face. But um, I, was I think say, that size difference maybe a little bit. But I don't think LeBron's a fighter like Michael Jordan or something like that. Or Charles Barkley would strike me more as a fighter than a guy like LeBron. But I don't know. Maybe he's the toughest man alive, and we just don't know it. I had a guy one time try to hit on my girlfriend. He wouldn't let it, he like wouldn't let it go, and I just told him, "You like seriously, stop contacting her, quit texting her, quit everything." And so then I was going to fight him. It's a long story. I was younger and dumb then, but my little brother kept saying to me, "What if he kicks your ass?" Like this is when I was right before I was in the UFC, and I was like, "He would." He goes, "But what if he did? What if he's the toughest guy and you don't know it? Like he looked like a dirty dude. So what if like you throw a punch, he just catches your fist like a movie, and then kicks you in the balls?" And we had kind of a laugh about that after it was over. But at the time, he was just antagonizing me to do it, to beat him up worse. But 
Greg, who do you think wins, uh, Cejudo or LeBron? Uh, you know what? It reminds me. Okay, remember when Kerry Elwes had to fight Andre the Giant in The Princess Bride? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like it would be like that, you know? He's just trying to get a chokehold with both arms, you know? And he's just swinging him around and stuff. But I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this is talk about fantasy sports. Put this on FanDuel. I mean, this, this uh, makes, I mean, who knows, dude? I mean, it seems like LeBron would at least be able to swat him, you know? Know. But, you know, he could get on his back and catch a choke. Well, I think uh, Suhudo would manage to get the single leg takedown or, I don't know, is this fight in an octagon or on a basketball court? Where's like the fight know, location? In an, octagon, in an octagon. So I think Suhudo. I don't know how good LeBron's takedown defense is, but I think Suhudo will manage to take him down. It's going to be a, a difficult physical uh, task to do to take down nine foot tall LeBron James. Probably weighs like two ninety or something like that. It's got, it's not going to be easy, but you know Suhudo's an Olympic wrestler, dude. So I think he could, and then you know just do some basic submission on LeBron. So I would give the. Did you guys ever see that video of when LeBron was adjusting his shorts and they were using the sky cam and it just happened to look right down his shorts and you could see he had this giant wiener. Did you see that? I know. It looked like it was, it looked like it was about four feet wide. A cop pulled it over. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now. All right. So here's what I don't get. Okay. Donald Cerrone, because Nico Price beat the living shit out of this guy in the first round. Hit yeah. him with, like, and Nico Price hits hard. We've seen him knock people out. He stopped Alan Jubon. He stopped this guy, that guy. And Cerrone comes back, wins round two and three. Conor McGregor hits him with a shoulder. And, and he, I mean, is it mental? Or does McGregor hit that much harder than Nico Price? Like, or is it just all the, it was all of this that came into it? And he can't handle pressure. McCorkle, what the fuck's going on with it? Did he throw the fight, McGregor? I think Cerrone, man, is just one of those guys who he either is a top three fighter or a bottom 500 fighter. And it's just which guy shows up that night, man. It's a, I was watching the first round of that. I was like, why is he not fighting? Are you just going to stand here and get beat up? Like, why are you not? It's like watching Robbie Lawler fight the other night. And I was always a huge Robbie Lawler fan. But when he fought his last fight, he, he wouldn't even swing. Like, he just stands there. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, are, do you? You want to lose? Like, I don't – at least – I mean, gas yourself out going for it, if nothing else. You know what I mean? Like, lose in the first round. I'd rather lose fighting than just stand there and wait to get my ass kicked for three rounds. But, yeah, he finally picked it up in the second and third. But it's a uh, – he's just – I think it's mental with him, man. Like, it's all the, the Conor thing. I mean, I'll, when you fight Conor McGregor, it can change your life. If he beat Conor McGregor, he stands to make millions and millions of dollars on the rematch. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, just a fortune. So, um, I think that's just the moment. I mean, like when I fought Struve, right before I walked out, I was a co-made event my second fight ever in the UFC and Dana White tells me right before I walk out, you know, this will change your life if you win. Right. And I was like, I'm sorry. Like I was getting ready to walk out the fight. And he goes, we're going to make you a superstar. If you win this fight, like we like your personality. We like your interviews. Stop saying racist shit. And no, I didn't say that, but um, he, <laughs> said, uh, he said, we're going to make you a star. If you win, this is your chance. You can change your life. And I thought, great. Cause I already felt like I was going to pass out from the pressure. Now I'm saying I have even more to gain if I win. So yeah, that's a, that and Eves Levine. So it's Dana White, Eves Levine fought. I lost. So yeah, but it's the same. I mean, but he seemed like so hurt when McGregor hit him with the shoulder. He was yeah. out, and then Nico hits him with like the kitchen sink, and he just comes back. I mean, yeah, I think he was just beat mentally and just wanted probably wanted out, like got hit and saw the opportunity and just the pressure, wanted the pressure over, you know. So it's crazy. I mean, I talk. About, I've never seen anything. It made me think that that fight was fixed, and I know, I know it wasn't fixed. But after that fight, everyone's like, that fight was fixed. And well, I mean, it looked it looked bad. Yeah. I mean, the way Cerrone, you know, 
just collapsed in that fight. It was like, it was like bullshit. The way that like he went down, it was like, you know, it was, all, I mean, it, I mean, I had to say that one where it looked, it didn't look good. Didn't it's like it. when Tim Sylvia said that one time, 90% of fighting is half mental, which I think equals 45%. Or <laughs> like when Shab said 90% of comedy is knowing Joe Rogan. Something like that. <laughs> now he said 99%. Uh, yeah, 9.9. It was something like that. I can't remember. Now, the I'll tell you, uh, this guy that I'm still not sold on because I have not seen him come back from adversity. And I, we don't know how good a fighter is until he's losing. But man, this Chemaev is making mm, me a believer. That's my boy. He's, he's a beast, man. He, he, he rocked that guy good. Now, Sean, answer me this. So many times I watch fights and people are throwing wide shots, hooks, hooks, even like Leonard Garcia or, or the H-bomb where he's coming all the way back. And, you know, whenever I took a boxing class or watch boxing, it's just straight punches the whole time. Almost right. never, only like certain fighters like Mayorga or somebody will throw crazy punches. This guy, Chemayev, threw the straightest punch you could see and it was over. Why are guys not throwing straight punches as much as this guy? I think it's just lack of technique, man. If you watch boxers, because, you, know, you know, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, obviously, and speed is power, and you can generate a lot more speed going straight than you can with the, you know, resistance throwing the wide one. But I think it's just that, that mindset of feeling stronger, throwing all your body into it or whatever. But a lot of knockout punches you see aren't like the Dan Henderson punch. It's just like that one, just a straight just touching them, you know what I mean? Just straight uh, down the pipe and doing it. Connor's a master at that. Connor's punches are all straight. Um, and that's why he beats people to punch. You know, like even, um, what's his name? Um, when he won the title, he uh, came in. Um, Aldo. Oh, my God. The seven-second knockout. I can't remember Aldo. The name. Aldo. Aldo, 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 yeah. Jose Aldo who came in with that big swinging left hook. And, um, you know, Connor dodged left a straight left uh, to knock him out. But, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a hard thing to do, um, a hard mentality to get used to. But, yeah, those short, straight punches are the way to go, man. Just lack, I guess, of experience, maybe. Is it is it lack of tech? I mean, or just is it is it because you uh, you don't stand as straight as you do when you box? Like you kind of yeah, that could be you know, some of yeah. Because when you when you're boxing, you want your shoulder pointed to you know limit how much of a target you are. But if you point your shoulder too much at MMA, you're giving them your leg to take you down. You know, so um, that's part of it. I think part of it is guys don't got a lot of MMA guys don't grow up boxing; they grow up wrestling. So they're late to the boxing game, and it just—I mean—that stuff takes years. You can learn really fast when you're a kid. It takes longer when you're older. You know. Sometimes I'll try to throw when I when I do like that boxing, that fight camp. By the way, I'll try to throw those those H bombs, and it's it's harder, I think, to throw those wide punches and straight punches. Yeah, good way to dislocate your shoulder too. So. Is, is that what happened to you? Yeah, yeah, that's why I threw a big wild overhead right, and it skimmed off his head and popped my shoulder straight out socket. And I was thinking if I would just would have thrown straight, now that would have happened. So against who? Uh, this guy named Tiny Norton, he sucks real bad. Like, he doesn't suck as bad as Shaw, but he sucks as perfect. <laughs> he still goes around telling people he beat me in a fight, even though I dominated him with one arm. Like, I was on top the whole time punching with my left hand, but he still says that he won the fight. So I'm like, okay, whatever. Dude. By the way, I showed you that Mike Tyson video, uh, and I showed Greg. Greg thinks it was, it, it was sped up. Um, and you think he's on HGH. Why oh, for he, sure, yeah. Why is he on HGH? Uh, well, Tyson, you know, he's been over to that same doctor I went to in Germany that did that, uh, the procedure I had done. And uh, I can tell by his body, your, your skin doesn't get, I can tell, I just tell by their look. I can tell by the muscle definition, by the look, by how fast it happened, by the way his skin looks. His body is, when you take HGH, your skin rejuvenates, so you start looking young again. Like, I was 36 years old, people thought I was 23, you know, in the UFC, 24 when I would meet people. I got good genetics, too, on that, but 
um, as far as like aging goes. But uh, yeah, the uh, I, I just know the look, the way a bodybuilder would know if a guy's taking steroids, I guess, or the way a comedian would know if somebody just got where they were by who they know. Um, I just, <laughs> I, I just know, I just know, uh, I just know the. Look. You, I know the your body. Best, I know your the best move, McCorkle, is your ability to wedge that into any, any conversation, any subject, anything at all. Just manage to wedge that dig in there just a little bit. By the way, your mom's name is Jennifer. By the way, your mom's name is Jennifer, right? Yes. She followed me Why? on Twitter. Oh, did she? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, and I thought it was you with a wig on. I was like, who? No, who is that's this? awesome. She'll I, be happy I, to hear that. That's <laughs> I mean, she's obviously pretty, but I'm like, this is something McCorkle would do, is create a fake yeah. profile. With, with I would totally. You know what? That would be my first thought, too. I'd be like, this is bullshit. Sean made right. this. This is, this is a new character he's doing to, like, scold people and shit. Yeah. One of the best things I ever did was when I made a Twitter account um, for a guy I was fighting and then trashed my family as him, and then I acted outraged that he had trashed my family. Oh, like, um, oh like, that um, is... That is it genius. was the funniest thing. He was real mad at me. He goes, everybody thinks I'm an asshole now. And I was like, you're on the front page of every MMA website. What do you care? Was it Stephen's proof? No, it was uh, this guy, Mike Hayes. Um, I started out the first thing I said, but it's on video if you look it up, my CFA interview. But I said, uh, I said he looked like Stone Cold Steve Austin with Down syndrome was the first thing I said about it. And because he kind of does. But he told me I could say whatever, just don't bring family into it. So I convinced a website. It was some uh, Knuckle Chuck or some weird small website because I knew it would get picked up once it was out there. I convinced them to interview. I wrote all the questions and answers for it was an interview with him. So uh, they published it. He was on the front of every MMA site, like sure dog, all of them. It said, like it says, Hayes pulls a McCorkle on McCorkle. And it was just me trashing myself in every possible way. And I said that I hoped, uh, <laughs> as him, I said, I hope that all his family dies, like my family dies or whatever, you know? So uh, like, it was just terrible. And um, so then I acted, I said, like my title, my next interview was Hayes cross the line. You don't cross. You know, or whatever, like the title. And so then uh, he called me up all upset about it, saying, man, you made me look like the biggest douchebag ever. You brought family into it. I said, I brought my family into it. And he was like, it doesn't matter. But it's, uh, yeah, I had him. Uh, then he backed out of the fight because we got an argument on the phone. And I just, I, I kept, like, mind-fucking him. I told him, I said, dude, wait till you get in there with me because he had never fought anybody at the UFC level before. And I said, I said, you're going to be so overwhelmed when you feel about how strong I am and how fast I am. I said, it's going to, like, be over in 45 seconds. And five days, like, probably three to four days later, he pulls out of the fight. Dude, uh, I was on Last Comic Standing, there was like NBC message boards, and this guy, I knew this comic from New York was writing very specific things about me that he didn't, he didn't like even back in the day. So then I wrote like- Who was it? Can you tell us who it was? And Matt Chow or something. So then I wrote like- Wait, did you say Shab? <laughs> so I wrote like really things like, Adam changed my life, I owe my whole thing, and then signed it from him. So then right. I wrote like all these nice things about, so he could tell he was he was so fucking pissed. Um, now what now what are your thoughts on this kid uh, Chamayev, Greg and uh, Wean Dog and McCorkle? Go ahead, Greg. Dude, he's scary as shit, man. I mean, he I you know what? And I didn't uh, you know you could make the picks and stuff on one of those sites. I forgot which one. Um, and I didn't pick him. I didn't know enough about him. I, and I know Mearshart. So I was like, I think Mearshart's going to get this one. And <laughs> he moved Mearshart's jaw to the other side of his face, man. <laughs> I was like, I was like, and I'm now team Jemayev. Yes. <laughs> now this, this, this guy's dangerous. This guy is supremely And it's funny because I remembered him when I saw him. Like yeah. I realized, oh, I have seen this guy before. Oh, fuck. I wish I remembered 
when I was making my picks because, yeah, no, this guy's lethal. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anybody could get it and drag him into deeper waters. But you're going to be able have to be able to take a, take a punch like a motherfucker to get there. McCorkle? I wonder how Greg recognized him. I wonder if there's anything distinctive that he recognized when he saw him. I don't know. I was just trying to. Oh. Anyway, no. <laughs> I, I imagine. Uh, I imagine. Uh, Al McCorkle's gonna go guy. make a fake account as me, right. <laughs> and gonna can attack him so he can attack me. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I was trying to make a lip joke, but it went south. So never mind. Uh, um, so um, I. I don't know what Genghis Khan looked like, but I imagine probably like him. You know what I mean? Like that guy reminds me of an old, an old, old world conqueror man. Like he is vicious and uh, skilled man, and just a scary dude. He's a dude that'd be scary even if he wasn't in MMA. You know what I mean? Like that dude just looks. Uh, those Russians are different, man. I know he's from Sweden now or something, uh, but those Russian dudes are just built and made different, man. They are, uh, as Don Fry said, the last real men. So, um, but I think he, uh, it's like, I do agree with Adam. If We'll know once he gets in there. If you put him in with Leon Edwards or somebody like that, you'll know if he's real or not because he's going to take some shots against somebody like that. And sometimes a world beater, is it like Brock Lesnar, is it so great when he's not the bully, you know? Like he folds when he's not the bully. Yeah, that's uh, for but sure. Looks, it looks amazing when he is. So, like, if you get in there with someone he can't bully, then we'll really find out. But so far, man, he uh, he looks head and shoulders above everybody. Dude, when I, when I was in um, Mongolia, talking about Genghis Khan, so he's on, like, all their money. It's Genghis Khan Airport. He's still, like, the good old days. Like, they love Gen- – because he's a guy that basically, like, him and his six guys took over all of, you know, China. And- China, yeah. They invaded China. Guy. They took it the other way, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they, they – uh, I mean, well, then his kid and his grandkid. But he uh, – and they took me to the place where he, like, found his – his lasso that like had the magic lasso that took over. And I guess he would, he would, he would beat Wonder you. Woman. He would, he would beat you and then you would join his gang. Like he would beat you and then they would, then they would take you out for dinner. And he would like feed your family. And then he, that's how he got so, so powerful because he would kick your ass and then be like, hey, come join our gang. And uh, it was crazy that like I showed the Mongolians, um, like, here's what, here, by the way, here's what we think of Genghis Khan. And I showed him, uh, What's that movie? Bill and Ted's. John Wayne? No, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, okay. <laughs> Remember when, like, Genghis Khan goes into the mall and he starts playing with the equipment at the sporting good and he starts, like, going crazy? And they were laughing their asses off. They couldn't <laughs> believe it. They were like, this is it. He was so happy that, like, it, it's so funny because the it, Americans are so hard up, like, I, I, I went with the Mongolia. I had the best time ever. They treat you like gold. It's the nicest people you ever meet. The women are just drop dead gorgeous because according to them, Genghis Khan kicked out all the ugly people and only kept in the hot girls. They're all like six foot three Chinese girls that speak English that gorgeous and super cool. But I got my wife like a, a Mongolian headband, a Mongolian, all this stuff. And when my friends came over, she's like, isn't this going to be like cultural appropriation? They're like, no, I think this is like, actually, it's going to be more like cultural uh, appreciation. Uh, appreciation. Like actually like showing, like they don't look at it as culture. They look at it as like, you're, you're helping spread our culture. We're, we're actually proud of, of you for sure. It's They're like, funny. the only downside is we got to kick your ass first before you board our club. <laughs> so that's the downside. Yeah, my goal is- They, really they would have kicked me out for being one of the ugly ones. <laughs> <laughs> They would have been like, okay, you're gone, you're gone. Wilson, you're out. Like, ah, I tried. Guys, I wanted to be Mongolian. You're like half the country, they still live in yurts, right? With like no power, this or that. But they love to watch Mongolia's Got Talent. That's like their favorite show. 
I, and Mongolia's then, got murderers. <laughs> no, Mongolia's got talent, and it's everybody working that big round Mongolian grill. <laughs> Dude, Mongolian barbecue is not from Mongolia. They hate that. They're I'm sure like, they do. That's uh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, I didn't feel it. Didn't feel authentic. Shockingly, it didn't feel authentically Mongolian. They're so pissed that the whole world thinks that that's what they're known for is the barbecue that's not even theirs. Um, but then Are also, Mongols from Mongolia? Is that where that came from? Mongolia? No, I think they came from Mongolia. your nutsack. No, they hate they call Mongols too. Don't call them that. That's like. It's like I'm not sure what a mongoloid is, but it's like that's like the N word over there. You do not call them that. Uh, <laughs> it's the so, N word. So, but it's funny because they, they wait a minute. Out. Which N word? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so they love. Uh, now we need Colby on the show. What's up, Greg? Good news, okay? Okay. So, I got good news, okay? The hits literally keep on keep on coming from one MMA event to the next. They grow in excitement and anticipation. And UFC 253 is no different with two of the sport's most exciting fighters getting into the octagon this weekend. Yeah, I mean, oh my God, I can't wait, okay? And there's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new users a free shot at half a million dollars in total prizes. I'm sure you could use that, Greg, right? Oh, my God, yes. I love doing that sort of stuff. I love uh, fantasy sports. Yes, I know you do. And if you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. You just pick six fighters, set underneath the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. And there's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a free shot at half a million dollars in total prizes. But listen, if MMA is not for you, okay, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy <laughs> contests for all the sports that are returned to action. Okay, I know you like football, all right? I know you love football. Plus, don't forget about football season, like I just said, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs every week of the season. So here's your call to action, people. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code ROASTED for a free shot at half a million dollars in total prizes for this weekend's UFC 253 contest. That's promo code ROASTED for a free shot at half a million dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Check it out. They love being, they love yeah. my Oh, and I was asking them like, so what's going on as far as like, uh, how do the guys that live on the yurts do like when they come to the city? They go, not good. And I'm like, why? He's like, well, it's like years of being like free. They, they don't obey traffic signals. So they're like blowing through all the red lights and like, and then, and then like running from the cops. Cause for them, it's like, what the fuck? I'm not fucking like, so they're still pissed about that. Speaking of uh, a guy who's not into uh, obeying traffic signals or any kind of civilization, Don Fry, how are you, man? I'm good, sweetheart, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> there he is. Don, what did you think of the Colby fight? The what? The Colby versus Woodley. I thought it was uh, about as boring as the uh, Shamrock Severn fight. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, did you think Woodley was looking for a way out? Oh, definitely, definitely. He'd, uh, if he had the damn key to the gate, he'd unlocked it and walked it. <laughs> ran out of there, you know? 
Um, now, what did you think about Colby talking to Trump afterwards on the uh, phone? Uh, it was great. I thought it was fantastic, you know. And I wish, I wish Trump would have called me. Shit. I, I called Colby after, after he hung up. He didn't answer the phone. <laughs> uh, uh, Greg Fry, if you would have fought Colby, how, uh, or Woodley, how would it have been different? It would have been different because I would have I would have broken them into pieces and eaten them like a chicken afterwards. That's how it would have been different. He would have that crack rib would have been the start of my lunch. That's how that would have been. When when Greg does that voice, he reminds me of a mongoloid Don Fry. <laughs> Way to squeeze it in there. Did you want to work in a Shab uh, insult? And yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't come up the Shab reference quite there, but I was thinking when when Dad was saying something about six foot three Chinese women with no talent. I was sitting there thinking, well, Shab is a six foot three. He's a bitch and he's got no talent, but I don't know. He's not trying. There to it is. There it is. He found it. Yeah. Now, now uh, Tyron Woodley today said, said he's not going to retire. Uh, he's still going to fight. He's not going to change his camp. He's just going to figure out what went wrong and go from there. Is this a good idea? Don Cry. I'll tell you, all three of those are went wrong, you know? It looked like he retired during the middle of the fight, if not before. And you know, he, if he if he can't improve, then he needs to get a new camp. I mean, there's something definitely wrong, you know, in the cookie dough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about your opinion, Sean? Uh, man, I think he's just uh, when you're when you're that dependent upon your athleticism and explosiveness, which he always was, I mean, at his, at his peak, he was one of the best I've ever seen at 170, man. Like Tyron really was, but I think it's just like everybody else, uh, except Don Fry with age, you slow down, you know, like you, uh, your athleticism goes. And I think he's just not as explosive and not as aggressive. And once you've got some money, man, too, it's hard to, uh, he's just not as hungry as Colby. Colby's man. He's as hungry as a guy that just now started fighting the UFC, you know, we're even talking about that, uh, the Swedish Russian we were talking about, Chemayev or whatever, like those guys, are probably excited to go to the gym every day and train. Uh, you do it long enough, it gets old, man. Like, you don't want to – you don't feel like messing with it anymore. You know, like, once you've once you've reached, you know, whatever your goals are and things, like most guys, like once you've reached the title, what are you going to do, win it again? You know, like, it's it's not as uh, not as exciting. And when you lose in the UFC, everyone turns against you and hates your guts. So, that's uh, – that, you know, I think that's what happened to Mike Perry. It uh, took all the fun out of it because he's everybody's hero until he loses, then he's a bum that never belonged there, you know, so – um, even your family people treat you, like your friends treat you different when you lose. It's weird, man. It's a weird thing. Not necessarily worse, just different. Yeah. So. You run out of friends real fast, though, don't you? Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Speaking of Mike Perry, so Perry called out to Maya. <laughs> Mike Perry said, I was 9-0 with nine knockouts, too. I think that, obviously, Mike Perry's got a punch with chance, but this guy was an Olympian wrestler from Sweden or a Swedish national champion. Uh, I don't see that going very well for Mike Perry. No, that's a terrible fight for Mike. You can see it, though, because if it's one thing we've seen is that Mike Perry can take a punch. So, and he can throw him just as good. So, if Tremayev doesn't go to his wrestling, I mean, it could actually wind up being a really interesting fight. Yeah, I mean, I'll definitely watch it. I'll definitely watch it. Now, uh, uh, now I'll tell you who looked good was Mackenzie Dern uh, with her jiu-jitsu, which, by the way, Bubba Jenkins was in her corner. Wow. Uh, oh, is that right? I didn't yeah. see that. That's awesome. Good for him. Yeah, yeah Bubba, Bubba, Bubba put up a couple pounds. Uh, that's probably why you didn't notice him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I love he absorbed, he absorbed what uh, Kenzie lost. 
Yeah, pretty much. Now Mackenzie looked great, but I do like when I got when when she slipped and fell, and the other girl tried to go to the ground. Like that was I wouldn't say lucky, but that's exactly where she wanted it. I think that should be her strategy every fight: is to slip and fall, and hopefully the person gets to you to the ground, uh, follows you, because. I mean, Randa Marcus has got to be the best 10 and 10 fighter ever. But, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't, man, I don't understand that. The goal, if you can't go to the ground in side control, at least in side control and against someone that good on the ground, like when Fedor fake knocked down Verdum and jumped right on top of him into his guard, like I don't understand it, man. You know what I mean? Like why would you go with a, a guy that skilled or a girl that skilled on the ground if you can't jump into side control where you're safe for most submissions? And they can re-guard you pretty quick anyway. I, I just wouldn't do it, man, if it was me. It, uh, I would stay standing if that's your – even if you knock them down, I'd stay standing, you know? Unless you can finish, you know, you know you're going to finish. But Do you think – Do you think sometimes I feel like when people go up against a really good jiu-jitsu person, they, they work on their jiu-jitsu through camp, through camp, through camp, and then people are telling them, oh, you'll be fine on the ground. You're okay on the ground. Right, yeah. You're not going to fall yeah. sense of security. Yeah, I mean, they go against black, other black belts, oh. let's say, and, and do well in training, but a fight's a whole different story, man. It's a whole different world. Don, you were going to say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I said absolutely. I mean, when I had my last fight uh, against uh, the Apache warrior there, um, you know, I, I couldn't train. I, I couldn't move very well. And I brought it up to the guys I was working out with. And they're like, oh, you're great. You're doing great. You know, you're, you're, you'll do fine. And, you know, that was after 10 surgeries. <laughs> and, <laughs> and like a dumbass. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes and in I the got corner. Stumped. I got stumped. Yeah. Who, wait, who, who was the Apache warrior? Oh, the, uh, the Apache guy that I fought twice. Um, uh, I can't remember his name. He's a good, good fighter, obviously. Um, but he's he's a he's a journeyman, you know. Is it uh, kid from Warpath? California or Arizona? Oh, uh, was it Ruben Villarreal? Yeah, Warpath. Yeah, Ruben Villarreal. Yeah. Now, 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 Phil Baroni. Yeah. When he fought in Japan, I'd be like, "Who are you fighting?" He said, "Some Jap," uh, which, <laughs> which is. Which that's I mean that's a, I don't think that's a racist term, right? I mean, people. But is that how you guys refer to them no. in Pride? How's it? How's how's it a racist term? Uh, Greg, help me here. <laughs> I don't think they like to be referred to as sub jabs. Uh, I think that they'll they probably. I think Orientals is a much less offensive term, right? I was gonna say I think it's an insensitive word more than it's a racist word necessarily. Okay. Uh, no, I think there's a racist. few that are a little more choice than that when it comes to the racist side. But I mean, yeah, it's not exactly the most political. But you know, I mean, that word, still Baroni. What do you expect? That word. That word racist has been overused so much that it has lost all of its, you know, uh, all of its dignity or, or, you know, repulsiveness or what have you, you know? All right, maybe not There's racist. I guess no bigoted. strength to it. I guess bigoted the word is the word. I just think it's, uh, but but I'm sure, but I'm saying, but back then. I, I would go with insensitive. Insensitive. Yeah. But, but I would go, yeah. yeah. Right, right. The Mexican, the Mexican was right. I go with insensitive. <laughs> 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 a little frijole. Uh, that's that's he he knows what he's talking about. 
Now, uh, okay, so Mursad, now, 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 Don, did you watch the Don Cerrone fight? Cowboy fight? No, you know what happened, partner? You know, you know the, the fight started at 7 o'clock. Uh, my girlfriend and I got there at 7.30, and, and there was, was the main event. I mean, I don't know what happened to the other fights, but my friend said, hell, they are all terrible, you know? Uh, well, I think, so started, I think they started, I, I think they started at five. Yeah, I think it's seven o'clock East Coast time. Uh, you being in Arizona, it's four o'clock. That could have been it, partner. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, Someone's got to read the fine print around there. Now, Mursad Bektik, if I were him, I'd only fight two round fights because he always loses the third round. He beats the shit out of these guys in the first two rounds, and then he just kept putting himself in harm's way. Uh, he kept shooting that. The guy's only shot was to go a guillotine on him or submit him, and he just kept shooting. It, it, is that stubbornness? Is it laziness? Is it just not thinking correct? Is it bad corner advice? Stupidity. Stupidity, it's right? Stupidity. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Don. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me, let me uh, note this for you. All right. Well, what's going on now? There we go. Okay. Now, Jesse Jess, uh, your girl, almost got some girl. That ref was the worst. She, she needed a guy. She needed the girl. The girl was squatting. She needed her in, 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 the, in the head. It was a legal strike. The ref just stopped it because, and then just, Restarted it for no, almost got the girl killed. I think it was to look at the replay, right? But once you go to the replay, the fight should be over. But he just continued the fight. Yeah, that was the weirdest thing. It's the second week in a row where uh, the ref, Chris Tyone. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I love when the refs make up their own rules as they go. Like even when Tyree got poked in the eye the other night, you don't get five minutes to rest. You can either fight or you can't fight. You're either disqualified or not. But he gave Tyree like time to wipe off, let the doctor look at it. You okay? Like, the refs are making up their own rules as they go in these fights, man. It's ridiculous. Do you think Tyron so. was looking for a way out? That, at that um, point, it did look like he was trying to look for a way I mean, out. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Doctor, I can't. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, he wants out of this fight. He's looking to get this thing over on this, uh, this right now. And maybe that was the ref being like, you're not getting out on this. I'll right. rather wait and make you fight this out than, than yeah. let you get away with this. It may have been he was gassing you, he was losing too. So, I mean, you'll take anything to get a win at that point, you know, like if they would have given him a win on disqualification. But I wish they would just take a point. You know, in basketball, since we're talking about LeBron, when you foul somebody, it doesn't matter if it's on purpose or not, it's a foul and you're, there's a penalty. I wish eye pokes were an, uh, intentional or not, automatic point loss. I wish kicks like low blows, automatic point loss. Um, I never poked anybody in the eye in any fight I have ever been in. Got poked in the eye 20 times. You saw Don get poked against Gilbert Eibel intentionally, and they want to keep that fight going back in the – that was pride, I think, back in the day. Like, it's uh, – guys like John Jones, they do use it to their advantage. Like, it, there's no reason – why not start every fight by poking a guy in the eyes and kicking him in the balls then if you're just going to get warnings? Like, why not just do that first first two moves of every fight? Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> what was that fight that was, like, two weeks ago where the guy got kicked in the nuts twice in one Bellator. round? And they had – was it Bellator? Yeah. And they had to call the fight, and the guy was, like, on the ground screaming in pain. Yeah, yeah. He, Raymond and, Daniels. I mean, Oh my God! Oh, that's right. And that one, and the other guy was like their kickboxing champ. 
yeah. who came over to MMA, and the first thing he did was kick the guy in the nuts so hard two times they had to disqualify the fight. That was so well, fucking The last crazy. time I was on the ground screaming in pain, feeling like I got kicked in the nuts twice was after watching Britain Shop's comedy special. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Boom. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, now, 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 Don, we, before we had a debate whether or not we think uh, Colby Covington could beat LeBron James in a fight. How do you see that fight going? Oh, yeah. I give it to Covington all day long. You know, I mean, it'd be like if they were supposed to go out there and have a pickup game or something, you know, LeBron's going to whoop his ass. Yeah. James wouldn't have a chance against Covington. What about Cejudo versus James? <laughs> Jeez, so Udo isn't above his kneecap, is he? No. Yeah, that would really. Yeah, exactly. That'd be something funny. He could just run, run between between his legs for a half hour. You know, get, get old James all dizzy. Uh, now, Paige Van Zant quit Instagram. Uh, MMA news. She posted an ass pic uh, of, her, of, her, of her thing, and people were saying, When are you going to do porn? And your, 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 your husband's a cuck or a simp or this. <laughs> and then she said, I'm done with Instagram. I didn't know you were going to read my comments on, on the air. Why are we ruining this? <laughs> if Paige Van Zant wants to put pics of her ass, who's fucking shaming her for this? What are we doing? I mean, I mean, What's but also, I mean, when you post pictures of your ass, you're going to get comments like this. I mean, you know, uh, it's kind of the go together, don't they? Yeah, but like, I mean, what kind of an asshole is like, oh, you suck. You're posting an ass pic. I mean, do you want girls not to post their asses? I mean, is that the goal here? Well, he probably wants a picture of his husband's ass. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I mean, that also is, is available. I don't understand what people want. Like, uh, it's like you know, it's weird. The guys that don't want to see it are probably gay, and the guys that want to see her husband are also probably gay. So it's like, it's like a weird. Uh, <laughs> she must have a big gay demographic. Yeah, I don't understand. Uh, what's I don't know what's wrong <laughs> with these people. Uh, Alicia Zapatella won her fight. Don, we have we have, we have her on the show uh, Thursday. She's the one from uh, who came on the show that you asked. She was a lingerie model. She got hurt in the first, came back and won the uh, the fight in Bellator. Awesome. Um, this week, Bellator has another secret fight that they will not promote. Uh, they're live from Italy. I don't even know why they even stream it on the air. Why don't they just have it closed caption or close people that are just there? Just the send a newsletter out to let everybody know who won via like email or something. It's like one of those graves from the 90s that you have to have like a secret code and like an egg to go to. You have to be in, in the club to be able to watch a Bellator fight. It really is. Like, like they should just like switch channels halfway through and you got to find what channel it's on. I mean, it, it just seems like it's a fucking choose your own adventure thing. Uh, so, yeah, it's Fabian Edwards, who's Leon's brother, who's undefeated. He's the main guy. He's really good. Uh, he, he gets no uh, props because they don't know how to promote him. Um, but uh, UFC this weekend, that's the big one. It's before we go on, I don't mean to interrupt. Before we go on, I think we have to address one of the fights from this past weekend that was just pure chaos, and that was the Johnny Walker and Ryan Spann fight. Oh, it was so bad. Right. I, I want Ryan to win. 
Dude, all right. Maybe Don Fry can provide some commentary on this because Ryan Spann did the one thing that is my biggest pet peeve that fighters do. And I know I'm just, a, you know, some Hollywood, you know, half a Momo out here. I'm not a Elite. fighter or anything like that. But Ryan Spann <laughs> had Johnny Walker so rocked and he just decided to go in for like the clinch and like the takedown. And then, yeah. you know, it's just why do fighters do that when they have their he opponent was also completely rocked, like rocked? They both landed at the same time. He was yeah, also- he was also, that's what I was thinking too. They were both, he was rocked at that same time too. Oh, okay. I bet I didn't catch that. No, his feet were out. I do think <laughs> they landed like nine punches behind the head, though. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, fucking Abe Lincoln took less shots behind the head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was weird the way he, he let it continue instead of changing position or finding some way to defend that. He just let him sit there and elbow the shit out of his head. Like, that was so bizarre. Well, he was out, dude. Like, when a guy's punching in the back of the head, uh, it hurts. It yeah, hurts, man. I, I think no joke. But I mean, you think you'd get out of the position. He just stayed there and just took it and took it until finally the ref was like, I think he's out. Yeah. <laughs> and ended it. That was very bizarre. I thought that was a bizarre thing on his part because it seemed like he could just get out of that position and stop doing it. Don, Speaking of Abraham Lincoln, Don Fry, better president, Donald Trump or Abraham Lincoln? Uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. I knew it. I knew it. All the way. Clearly. <laughs> Uh, clearly. Don, is, are your eyebrows matching your mustache at this point? It seems like there's like a competition going on on your face. Uh, I do. What's wrong with them? No, I like it. I, I think like they it. look great. I think it's great. I think, I think upside down, you look exactly the same. Um, now, <laughs> they look now, like two caterpillars trying to fuck. Yeah, or at least mad-dogging each other. All right, so... Israel Adesanya versus Paulo Costa. This fight Ooh. is gonna, I don't know. I don't know how good Costa is. Cause we've only really, I mean the Romero fight, he fucked up Romero. He, he beat Uriah Hall, but I feel like there's not that much out on him. Uh, we know how good Israel is. Who wins this fight, Don Fry? You know, that's a, that's a good question. That's a toughie because uh, Israel's got the belt. You know, they say a fighter becomes 25% better once he has the belt. And that's what's happened with this guy. You know, he's improved greatly. And he's really relaxed. And got uh, relaxed in there. Got control of uh, the cage. And Acosta looks to be like an animal. You know, he looks like he's he's hungry. He wants to go after it. So it's going to be one hell of a good fight. I'll tell you that. Uh, McCorkle. I'm going Costa, man. I think uh, Israel's a better technical striker, but I think Costa overall is just hits harder, and I think he uh, is just got more balls, man. I think he's tougher. I think he'll uh, better cardio, and I think that the way he handled uh, Romero and didn't back down, followed him no matter what he ate, he just kept coming, man. I think uh, Costa's chin is insane. We haven't really seen – outside he doesn't get hit very much, so we really haven't seen his chin, but uh, – I gotta say, Costa, man, I think he's just tougher, just yeah. overall. Wing dog. Uh, I yeah, agree Israel, with Sean. Israel's a big. He's a big what? <laughs> Israel's, I, Israel's a big question mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Israel's chin is. Yeah, uh, that's a good. And point then we here. don't know how much. Once he gets whacked. You know, he's just been so above everybody. Nobody's threatened him. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens when he gets, you know, uh, rocked. 
Sean, have you have you ever been knocked out? Uh, no, I've been. I got punched in the back of the head by Soa Pulele like seven times in a fight in Australia, and I was as close as I came to being knocked out. Where I was out for a second. Um, sparring with Matt Mitrione one time, he kicked me in the head after the bell, like three seconds after the bell, uh, which almost knocked me out. I didn't feel right for about four or five days after that, but that's as close as. But I didn't ever spar real hard either, man. Either I, I was always worried about my uh, brain and my teeth, so um, I didn't want uh, when I sparred. I mean, you got to go 100% sometimes, but I try to do it no more than a couple times a month, man. Like, I, I didn't want to – I don't know. I didn't want to get brain damage for free, you know, like if I was going to take damage. So, When did you know you had a good chin? Um, probably, I guess, third grade. Once Mark, Hunt, once Mark Hunt hit me and I felt fine after – I mean, he didn't land anything super flush, <laughs> but when he hit me and I, it didn't rock or knock me down, I thought, I guess I can take a punch. I don't know. Like, it, uh, it's that a weird first, way to find out. That was out. the first time you knew you could take a punch? Well, no, I knew I could take it, but I, I didn't. It, when he, he caught me four or five times, nothing, like I said, real hard, real flush, but they didn't affect me at all. I didn't feel dizzy. I didn't feel rocked. I didn't feel anything. So, uh, And I'd sparred with Tim Sylvia before and stuff like that, but we try not to kill each other when you're in there and you got big gloves and headgear, you know. But, uh, yeah, it's, I felt really comfortable if I fight with Mark Hunt after I took those shots that I was – I didn't think – I mean, obviously anybody can be knocked out, but I like my chances against a lot of guys, you know, when uh, you're getting hit that hard and able to maintain your composure, you know. Don, when did you know you had a good chin? When I was born, the doctor didn't <laughs> slap my ass. He hauled off and hit me right in the, right in the chin with a fist, you know. And, and I think a couple of the nurses took a whack at me, too. <laughs> hospital is this? Don, Don knew he had a good chin when the gravel he drinks every day dripped down it and didn't hurt him. <laughs> uh, uh, Greg Fry, when did you know you had a good chin? Well, uh, I knocked the other guy's chin into his second chin. That's <laughs> what I knew it. That's how I knew it. Uh, what, what was your favorite fight, Greg? Greg Fry. Well, which ones? The one I got into a fight one time with the person at Taco Bell in the drive-through. Yep. And that was probably the best fight I ever had. Got extra packets of hot sauce and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Good for you. Now, and I would I, just like to go on record as saying I'm taking Adesanya, and I'll tell you why. Because he finds a way to win. Even again, I think Costa definitely has a power advantage here. But Adesanya, he just finds a way to win. He's a clever, smart fighter, and I think that's going to be the difference. All right. I, I'm picking Costa because uh, uh, I've been he, – because he's, he's been coming to my shows. All right, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. Now, Jake Matthews is taking on Diego Sanchez. Now, the, the story about this fight is Diego Sanchez is now being cornered by Stefan Bonner, uh, which, McCorkle, I thought you might actually appreciate. Right. <laughs> I don't know if he left his guru or it's going to be Bonner and the guru, the guy from the, um, the School of Self-Enlightenment or whatever, or Self-Awareness. Uh, self the guy that, like, you ever see that the guy's video, Greg? This guy, basically, he has a school called the School of Self-Awareness. Josh Fabia is his name. And he does weird things, like chases his fighters around with a knife, teaches you how to fight two-on-one against two guys at once, but doesn't really have any real fighting experience, it seems like. Uh, a lot of people think that this guy is sort of a... Sounds like most comedy teachers. Seems like he's a kind of a bullshit <laughs> artist. Uh, Diego hasn't won a round with him so far. Uh, and he, uh, well, I think he actually won his first fight with him. But this dude is like, you got to see this guy's videos. But now it's Stefan Bonner in his corner. 
uh, I got to, this is must watch TV. Uh, what do you think Steph is going to tell him, Sean? Uh, he'll probably teach him that move that you talked about uh, him doing to that guy backstage at the comedy, the uh, wrist lock flip. You know, I, uh, I gave Stephen a hard time on um, – I told him he said we need to get together when he comes to Indy. I was like, I'm not messing with you, man. I heard you're beating up bullying comedians backstage. And he, like, got his feelings hurt about it. And it was like, man, that was his fault. And I said, dude, I'm just kidding. He goes, yeah, but I didn't start. And I was like, dude, I'm just teasing you. Like, I'm just joking. But he really – he thought I was trying to be a dick to him. And uh, I did think about that part. If you said there's actually a school of self-awareness, Brendan Schaub should probably uh, – attend a few classes there because he has zero self-awareness um but yeah the uh no i, I love uh his chances with uh bonner i'm just hoping the masked uh, justin mccauley comes in as a third corner man uh like when they when he did that with tito that was great like you remember that he said pull off the mask and no one knew who was like yeah, that oh, was, it, was just, it was even worse it's just as much of a mystery as who it is now with the mask off like we didn't know who what that was. so so basically all right if you guys i'm all right so stephen bonner did comedy for the first time he went on, he went over to light. He, 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 I think he might've been on a couple things. Uh, right. He did okay for the first time, but it was, it was, it was at the dirty at 1230 in front of like 300 people. Oh, it, it was hard for the first time, but he did fine. But there was a guy backstage that was like, Hey man, you sucked. You didn't get a laugh. Go back to fighting. I would not leave him alone. And I, I was like, it was like two in the morning. I'm like, dude, please leave. And the Who guy was, was that? Some drunk asshole in the crowd. And was like, uh, hey, man, dude, you're my favorite fighter, but comedy's not your thing. And the guy grabbed Stefan. Stefan put the guy in some Steven Seagal wrist lock, threw the guy on his fucking head. The guy did like a – his feet went in the air. I've never seen a Steven Seagal move work in real life. And I, <laughs> Neither is Steven Seagal. Yeah, I didn't realize that Connor was a black belt in Hapkido. But holy shit, this guy did a full-on – legs in the air and Stefan goes who sucks now motherfucker I had to tackle Stefan which didn't it basically no good because I'm on his back like Stefan you can't beat up the crowd members come on man and it's just us three and the guy fucking luckily I did enough enough holding on where the guy got up and sprinted out going holy shit crying like I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry but it was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life like holy shit I've never seen that actually work like he actually <laughs> What was that? Good. That bunch of <laughs> need. That's what every, you know, all these fucking keyboard warriors, they, they need to get dropped in their ass. I agree with that. I you <laughs> totally can't, agree with that. But, I mean, why would you say you suck at comedy to a guy who did his first time ever? And, and I, I warned the guy. I'm like, dude, back off. He's brand new. Please don't touch him. He's doing – and then he just put his hand on him, and then that was – it was over. It was over. Dude, that's a guy that somewhere inside him thinks he's got what it takes – and saw his opportunity to maybe yeah. see what see what he's got. And he found out real fucking fast. Oh my God. <laughs> he may have put his hand on him low, like as like a loving, like it wasn't like he was trying to hurt him. It was like, but he put his hand on him like like like, hey buddy, you know, and then then boom, 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 and then the guy went flying on his head. It wasn't like he was actually trying to spar with Seven Long. But no, then, but I'm saying you don't take the, the kind of aggressive action with somebody that's clearly a trained fighter. And, and you hear about fighters who have to deal with this all the time with everybody and their liquid courage. And, and I want to show that I could go round or two with one of these guys. And they get all, and then they, of course, pay the price. So that just sounds like another example of that shit. Dude, Chris Carmozzi told me that, like, he's been punched in the face at least eight times at bars by people wanting to think that they could beat up a UFC fighter. I'm yeah. Like, I can't think of a dumber thing to do than to go. They all think that, well, and it's like, it's like getting a picture with a celebrity. They're like, this is my shot. This is my opportunity. They're right here. 
you know, so they, they take their shot. What an I mean, I quit, I quit going out in 2012 to any kind of bar or anything like that, uh, even with my friends, because it became like a, a weekly thing or, or not weekly. Every time I went out, someone would want to fight me. I got in two different fights and smoked two different dudes, which I could have gotten a lot of trouble for. But it's uh, that's the first street fights I've ever been in my life, other than being a little kid, you know, when you fight at school or whatever. But uh, it happened two or three times in a row. And I was just like, I'm done. I can't go. And I believe it. I'm not. I mean, you've been around me. I don't get aggressive unless someone makes fun of a slow kid or something. I got mad that one time. But past that, like, I don't look for uh, that was one of the nights I got into it with another dude. I ended up picking him up and throwing him a team style like B.A. Baracus into a van, like threw him upside down and he split his head open. And I just missed a pride style soccer kick to the face, which I'm glad I did because the bouncer grabbed me from behind. But I was going to kill the guy. But um, I quit going out after that because I was like, I'm going to end up in prison with some stupidity of people coming up. Oh, yeah, I'm not scared of you. And I'm like, I, okay, that doesn't matter. You can still get knocked out. You know, they just start that out of nowhere when you're not even doing anything, just minding your own business, you know? On Fry, like, you uh, ever get any, any, uh, any guys want to test you after you were in the UFC? Yeah, I, I like that good-looking guy you just spoke. I, I quit going out a long time ago, you know, because it just ain't worth it. It's, it's not fun anymore when you – you got people trying to rob rob you because they're basically looking to take your house, you know, and yeah. put you out on the street. What, what about women? Did any women want to uh, have your babies or have sex with you to get you to, you know, pay off their child support? Oh, all the, all the time. Just speaking of which, tell your mom to quit calling me at 3 o'clock <laughs> in the morning. It's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> you, I can see I can see Don Fry right now at a paternity hearing and the, the six month old kid has a mustache and he's like he's not mine. <laughs> Carl, I, like blood <laughs> 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 I feel like Don Fry's graves just gonna say grr. Like that's on his, on his it says, yeah, it says, yeah, I can still kick your ass. <laughs> I can still kick your ass on his tube <laughs> Uh, don't make me crawl out of here and prove it. <laughs> now, Don, you've had a, you've had like three heart surgeries, back surgeries. Are you supposed to be smoking cigars every day? Yeah, that's one of the um, uh, one of the rehab uh, things. Uh, we're just, you know, <laughs> make sure. <laughs> How many nurses did you sleep with when you were uh, in the hospital? Shit. Uh, <laughs> all, all of them. All, 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 all the ones. All the ones with vaginas. Somebody asked me one time who the manliest man I ever met was, and I said it was a three-way tie between Don Fry, Tom Erickson, and Boss Rutten. Those three are the most masculine men I ever met in my life. So I think Don edges everybody out, though. But you now you're convinced that Tom Erickson is the most underrated fighter of all time, right? Yeah, ask Don. Don wrestled under uh, Tom. Ask uh, Don will give you the lowdown on what a monster Tom Erickson is, man. And I and I was training with the 48 year old version. I can only imagine the 30 year old version. You know, like he was unreal, man. Um, strongest dude by far. Oh, I fought Mark Fujinowski twice. Strongest guy by far I ever did anything with. So. Yeah, when I was at Okie State, you know, when Erickson was one of the assistant coaches hell he bounced me off the wall like a basketball you know like like he was playing um playing ragaball with my head <laughs> yeah it's a lot of fun you think he just had bad matchups for a couple of those like like the, the heath herring matchup was just a bad matchup for him i think he's 
nice. Eric says, too nice to be a fighter. You've got to be somewhat of an asshole to be a successful fighter. Got it. Now, speaking of which, so Colby, uh, Don, the one thing I said, a couple things, as far as Colby goes, don't you think at the end of the fight, Colby should have just checked on Tyron and shook his hand or just been a little bit more of a, of, of a good sport? Oh, yeah, he should have went over there and took his pulse and give mouth to mouth, you know, anything, you know. All that good <laughs> shit. Are you kidding? That's what the guy did. Not his job. Yeah, but you, there were guys, look, you That's and Kate Tamarock hated each other, but afterwards you guys hugged, you guys shook hands. Neither one of us, geez, I mean, neither one of us screamed, lay there and screamed, you know? I mean, uh, Kobe, Kobe was the one. He he knew what was going on. Shit, I mean you you can hear somebody's rib pop if if it really popping. Yeah, so shouldn't he have like checked on him? It was like, hey man, good fight, or you know, we squashed a beef. Or just been the like. Oh no, no, that's that's your moment to shine. You usually have you know what thirty or sixty seconds to to to. Uh, to speak, you know, I mean, hell, I mean, he had what an extra half hour to go before the pay per view was off. You know, he he could have he could have called it right in the phone book. Yeah, but, but <laughs> yeah, but afterwards he said that Woodley's a, a spineless coward, which is why he wanted out, and then he went off on the Black Lives Matter movement, uh, as well as <laughs> a bunch of other things. Um, I don't know. What does Don? I can't remember what Don's position on Black Lives Matter was. Does anybody remember? I think he supports them. <laughs> I just was confused. All, all lives matter. All lives matter. Or none. <laughs> or, or none. I like that. Or none. None of them matter. None lives matter. None lives matter. For Don, BLM is big, large mustache. Um, so <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Now, uh, now, according to Dana White, uh, Gilbert, what's his name? Gets the Gilbert gets the next uh, shot against Usman, um, not Colby Covington. Well, because I think that fight was already made. Go, go yeah, Gilbert versus Burns. Usman. Uh, if I was the UFC, I would go right from Colby to Usman, though. Although Gilbert know, Burns has earned it. I mean, I was gonna say, and that's like people act like 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 uh, Colby hasn't had the shot. He had the shot. You don't automatically get another one. You have this when you have a division that's this loaded with with great fighters. I mean, if they were in a different division and they were the main two only guys, then I could yeah. see where they turn it around and do it a lot sooner. But when you have other guys of this in this division of this caliber, then yeah, you can't expect them just to turn around and give it right back to them. Right. Can, right. can you imagine being Masvidal? Think about Masvidal right now. He's got a multi-million dollar fight with Nate Diaz if he wants it. He's got a huge fight with Colby if he wants it. His rematch with Usman will be huge. Or he can go Leon Edwards with their whole history. He's got four huge fights back to back to back if they'll make a man that he can make millions on. I hate so. to say it, though, but the Nate Diaz is the only one I could see him surely winning. Yeah, I don't know about Leon Edwards. I, I think he could beat Leon, but he's not going to be Colby, and he's not going to be Usman. So I, don't, I just don't. See either of those happening. So, uh, but if he can go, you know, if he can go one and one, if he can beat Nate, uh, lose to Colby, beat Leon, you know, like fight Usman like that, he can uh, he can stretch it out, and make it happen, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's definitely the most exciting division with the most personalities in MMA right now is that one seventy division. Um, so anyway, uh, so and then this week also we got Jan. Uh, oh yeah, that's gonna be good. Dominic Wade. You know, it's like. 
part of me is like, oh, well, I'm not that sold on Jan Blackovich, but he's beaten his last three guys, Corey Anderson, Jacare, and Luke Rockhold. I mean, he's beaten killers. Yeah. Brands look, look great against John Jones. He obviously knocked out Chris Weidman easy. But uh, this fight could be very competitive, especially if Reyes is still focused on the John Jones rematch and not taking this guy as serious as he should. Who do we like in this fight? Uh, McCorkle. Reyes, I think, will be, beat him fairly easily, man. He, uh, Reyes looked amazing in every fight except against John Jones, and he looked great in the first two rounds against him. But I think Reyes is uh, underrated, man. I think he's really, really good. So uh, I think he'll. Uh, I mean, the other guy's good, but I think I think he'll beat him uh, fairly convincingly, probably by Don? decision. What about you, Don? Yep, everything that boy just said, man. Reyes is smoking. You know, that guy's hot right now. And right. you know, if he doesn't get a, a match with Jones, then he should be able to decide whatever he gets. You know, it's his. It's his weight class to dominate. Greg. I like Jan. I think Jan is a world beater. I think he's on a streak, and I think he's – I think he knocks him out. Knocks out Reyes? Yeah. Wow. Even though he's never been hurt before. I think It doesn't mean it can't happen. I mean, because Jan is – I mean, I, yeah, I think the power wins in this one. Uh, much like I think the power loses in the, in the Adesanya fight, I think the power wins in this one. Wean dog. Brendan Chubb's never got a laugh before. It doesn't mean it can't happen, Adam. I <laughs> 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 got it in there. Yeah. Well. We're gonna have to call you the shoehorn because you can just shoehorn <laughs> that in the fucking. <laughs> uh, I'm starting to love the, the the Dom Fry or the uh, <laughs> Fry impression. Anyway, uh, Wean dog. Who be liking this? I am going to take the underdog, and I'm going to pick Jan Blockowitz. This is a fight. It's very strange. I'm not even – I don't know if any, any of you guys are, like, pumped up for this fight. It just seems like a whatever kind of fight, even though it's for the 205 vacant belt. I think Jan is one of these – he's a Polish, you know, psychopath, one of these, like, tank dudes where I think he's going to give Dominic Reyes a real problem. I think – you know, it could end either way. I can see it ending, you know, with Dominic winning and with Jan winning. But I think he's a pretty good underdog pick. So I'm going to pick Jan Blockwich via TKO. Well, you know who actually left his country for Poland is uh, Sean McCorkle. Yeah, I after, sold out the United States. After he beat the world's strongest man, he renounced his citizenship to the U.S. <laughs> you are now a citizen of Poland in the ring. I had to do it after the fight. No one was cheering for me because I beat Pujanowski and he's their national hero and no one was cheering or anything. So I said Poland was my new favorite country, even over the U.S. and everybody went crazy. And then I didn't think anybody <laughs> would. I figured like, it was like 12 people watching the United States. Who cares? But it was like apparently a scandal of some kind. But I redeemed myself when I put on Twitter the next day. I said, uh, how many Pollocks does it take to beat Sean McCorkle in a fight? And I said, apparently more than one, even if it's the strongest one. And uh, <laughs> they didn't like me after that. And they got mad. I had to apologize when I was over there because they asked, I have what appears to be a Nazi tattoo on my chest. It's an eagle, a Roman eagle, which I covered up my ex-wife's name with. And when they asked me about it, like my first friend that saw it's like, holy shit, you got a Nazi eagle. And I was like, whatever, the Nazis didn't have an eagle. Turns out they did, and they stole it from the Romans. So yeah. um, I just, I got away with yeah. it by saying all I did was cover up the name of one ruthless dictator with a symbol for another. You know, because I uh, covered up my ex-wife's name with the uh, eagle. And then uh, when they asked me about it over there, they asked if it was a Nazi eagle. I said, no, no, I'm not a Nazi. I said, but I do hate gypsies. Um, because I always thought it was weird that Hitler hated gypsies. Because I thought gypsy was a lifestyle, like carny or hippie. But apparently it's right. a race in Poland. I had no idea. Gypsies are race in Poland. 
So I, uh, yeah, I'm over in Poland making World War II jokes saying I hate gypsies, and that didn't go over real well uh, before the fight. So they, I had to apologize <laughs> to some Polish TV station, say I don't really hate gypsies. I didn't know that was a race. Now, back so, then you were single. You might yeah, back then you were single. Book, you know. Yeah, you could have. You might want to read a book or watch a documentary. <laughs> Maybe a History Channel special. Now, Sean, back then you were yeah. single, and you told me you slept with every hot girl in Indiana. Um, when you went That's to Poland and beat the strongest man, did you at least get any pussy? Both of them. No, no I, uh, I, people always ask me that about fight, like fight week, man. Even after the fight, the last, the last thing in the world I was ever thinking about was women. They, everybody thought when I fought lots to Stefan Struve, I was up there chasing women the whole week. I was like, I was cutting 25 pounds to make weight, man. Like, Ooh. it's the last thing in the world on your mind. I was off cycle, so I didn't have any testosterone. So I quit taking steroids. So like it, uh, like you have no sex drive when you're not on steroids. So like I had to go, I had to go off test and HGH a month out in order to make uh, weight and clear the drug screens if they were ever going to give me a test. So um, yeah, I would. Uh, I had zero testosterone in my system because I have to take testosterone legitimately, like to a doctor. But I didn't know you could get the TRT exemption back back then. UFC, I just never brought it up. So I would just quit taking it a month out, and then it wouldn't show. So. But when you were in Poland, you were still on steroids, right? uh before well yeah before but i um still would i had to make weight uh for him too on the first fight so i had to uh like i think we had to do a two i think we did 285 like weight limit or whatever something like that so i had to cut for that one too but now it's a when you're when i'm fighting man that's all i was thinking about was fighting i was um, that night you don't go out to a club and see any no i actually went um where did i go i don't uh, i went to some club with i don't want to say who but some other guys and they were all doing cocaine which isn't my thing so i left uh, there and just went back and uh the second time i lost and when you lose i've never stood these guys that get beat up in a fight and then go out to the after party like that's humiliating to me to be the you know like even though you're losing to one of the best fighters in the world or marius pujanowski um and when you're losing to guys uh, i i when i lost Stephen Struve, i didn't go i went back to his hotel room and hung out with him all night as odd as that was, that we ate like a birthday cake he had. Like it was really weird. But um, it's uh, yeah. I, whenever I lost, man, I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to be anywhere. Um, and when you win, it depends on how beat up you are. You sometimes don't feel like anything either. Off his chest. Hey, did you eat it off each other's chest? <laughs> well, only only the icing. Yeah. Now, Don, when you uh, when you won UFC eight, did you party afterwards? I know, I know it was back before there were bars and like. Yeah, I was going to say, he went to Studio 54 in New York City. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they had a small, they had a small after party. And, you know, back then it was like, they don't know if they're going to get arrested and shut down or, or what's going on. So it was kind of an odd after party. It was really quiet. I'll tell you an awesome one. And, you know, I was on my, I was on my best behavior because you know um, Bob Myritz and Art Davies were there, and it was my first tournament win, so I had to act. You know, I wanted to make a good impression on him. I'll tell you a funny story about Don. So Don, Don was commentating on my fight. We were in Texas. I don't know if you remember Don, um, but we were in Texas, and Don was always a hero of mine. I felt weird even talking to him because he's like, you know like one of my heroes in life um, since I was 18 watching him fight. And so, like, um, I talked to him all week, hung out with him, or tried to anyway, him and Carl Parisi. And watching them two argue politics was amazing, but especially when Carl was high. That was fun. So, um, but 
So I rewatched the tape of my fight where I lose to a guy I should never lose to. I'd hurt my back three weeks out and wasn't able to train at all. And I just gassed out in the second round. We're fighting at elevation down in El Paso, Texas. So the oxygen wasn't there. It was just a bad, bad week. But I had said, I had made jokes about how much Indiana sucks. I said, like in Indiana, it looks like the hills have eyes. Three years being filmed 24 hours a day. Everywhere you go, everybody's ugly. Everybody's dumb. So as I come out, Don's commentating. He's like, Indiana's favorite son. He loves that place. I'll tell you what, you should have heard him talk <laughs> about how much he hates everyone in Indiana, how ugly they are. So Don's like letting all my fans and people here in Indianapolis know that I hate them. And then when I watched the replay back. Don's like, man, McCorkle looks out of shape, which I was. It stunk. And then he's like, uh, I get hit with the first leg kick of the fight. He goes, man, he looks about done. I was like, dang, Don, you're killing me. Like, my hero's saying I suck at fighting. Uh, like, when I'm watching him back, he's like, man, McCorkle looks like he can't take even another one of those, like, kicks. It was just a small kick. I was like, he, uh, yeah, he tore me up. But I deserved it. I wasn't in shape. And, uh, yeah, the fight was uh, terrible. I remember when me and Greg Wilson did the Vivid Video Comedy Tour, me and you, oh, boy, yeah. Monique Alexander and Sam Tripoli, and we went out that night afterwards, and you were like, get some Coke. I need Coke. I need Coke. Screaming and yelling. And like, they had to call. It was like, it was like a dog that like got a home for the first time and was running everywhere like a fucking maniac. A dog that got home and wanted Coke. <laughs> I, have, uh, I have no recollection of this. I, I completely uh, deny this experience. I don't, I, now I, 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 don't, I don't deny that it could have happened. But I certainly do not. But he didn't actually that it happened. He didn't actually get any cocaine that night. I think we were like, I, have, I don't remember. I don't remember. It should have been in Poland. There was plenty. We, we, we oh, were, right in Chicago. That's right in Chicago. No, yeah, I got coke. Oh, we were in Chicago, and it was we were there with the two hottest girls from Vivid Video, right? And they were supposed to do comedy and get naked. Well, the, the tour ended up them on stage with like like a scarf and like a, a jacket on. And then Greg Wilson in his boxer shorts running around uh, the stage, pissing everyone off. People were booing him like it was a WWE. And, <laughs> and, and we ended up taking a girl from the crowd and having her fake an orgasm and putting uh, whipped cream all over her face while she does it. It, it was just like the most fucked up show you've ever seen in your life. But it was pretty funny. Well, second most well, fucked everybody up <laughs> everybody that was the thing everybody thought it was gonna they're like the porn stars would come out and do porn stuff you yeah. know and show their tits and show their ass and swallow banana or some shit but instead the porn girls acted like it was inside the actor's studio <laughs> and they wanted to sit there and like take questions about the art form uh, of pornography and 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 then and people wanted to see dirty shit they wouldn't do any of it yeah, so then like, we started being, we started going, well, we'll do the dirty shit. So we yeah. started like, we had like the fake blowjob contest and we put, oh, yeah. we, were, we, we put silly string in our pants and, and would shoot it out of our, I was getting lap dances on stage. It was yeah, like we, we had a lap dance, that's how I wound up in my underwear is we were, we were doing a lap dance competition. We were doing anything to kind of make it, you it know. me, you and some, Sam having the competition and none of the girls. It was just yeah. us three. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Like, it turned out, it, it completely. Completely, well, yeah, it didn't go exactly as anybody planned, especially the audience. <laughs> the tour lasted. Uh, I heard that the, I heard the next week Brendan Schaub came in and performed a comedy show, and all the fans there that were there said that they longed for the good old days when Adam was giving lap <laughs> to uh, Greg. 
with whipped cream. That's how bad the show was. Dude, and one of the girls we were with, like, she was super cool. We were having a great time. And I'm like, is there a vibe here? Do I have a shot to, like, maybe, you know? And I think that was why I was trying to get Coke, because I thought if I got her coked up, maybe she would want to fool around. And then, and so we go back to her room, and she gives me one of her porno videos. She's like, here, just take this and go have a good time tonight. I'm like, all right. So I go back to my room. I start watching the porno video uh, on my laptop, and she's taking these monstrous cocks. And, uh, and, I, and I was just like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I want to do that. I can't stop. <laughs> I got no business here. I'm gonna let that be. She yeah. she doesn't need this. Yeah, that was, that's so funny. I did a porn chick the same thing. She was like, "Don't judge." She had I found her porn, and on one cover it was just her naked. I go, "This is beautiful." I flip it over. She's got like a dick in each hand. <laughs> she goes, "Don't judge me. I don't judge your comedy." I go, "I don't have two dicks on stage while I'm telling jokes." And then I got thrown out that parking <laughs> apartment. Anyway, yeah. never works. Uh, Don Fry, what are you doing this week? Shit, I gotta run around, you know, I gotta, I gotta uh, run some drugs across the border and then uh, <laughs> smuggle in some people, uh, human trafficking, uh, uh, human trafficking drugs, and then I gotta go down to uh, way down <laughs> to the bottom of South America. Uh, with the That's delivery good. of firearms, you know. <laughs> Do you realize Don Fry is doing my impression of Don Fry right now? <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to let that little shit man do it. I'll do it myself. I love you, Don Fry. You're the greatest of all time. You're my Mine's favorite. not as good either. Uh, <laughs> Don Fry's impression of Don Fry isn't as good as mine. <laughs> now, now, Don, was William Shatner a cool guy to work with? William Shatter did not speak to anybody but the director. Oh, oh man. Well, you said Richard Grieco is the best actor you ever worked with, right? Yeah, yeah, that guy's amazing. He was amazing. And a really cool guy, too. You know, I mean, generally everybody's nice to me, you know, but uh, except for William Shatter, you know. <laughs> especially, especially when the director told him that I was actually somebody with a couple fans, you know? So, you know, I, I had 10 fans, which might be uh, twice as many as Shatner has. So it pissed him <laughs> off. That's what I was going to say. He said Shatner didn't talk to anybody. He for sure hasn't been talking to an acting coach for the last 50 years. So we know that. Well, that <laughs> movie, by the way, if you guys want to see a good movie, I'm going to watch it this weekend. I haven't seen it yet. But I'm going to watch it. Uh, <laughs> but it's good. You guys, it's a great okay. movie. It's called <laughs> Fury of the Fist and the Golden Fleece. And it stars okay. my man Don Fry. And it's about the biggest porn star yeah. from the 70s must reclaim his mojo uh, by saving all male kind, fighting his way to the heart of conspiracy to sell meat pumped full of estrogen to emasculate men. Uh, it's with Danny Trejo. Jason London, Sean Whalen, uh, Cynthia Rothrock, uh, Bill Goldberg, Richard Grieco, Ron Jeremy, who's now in jail, Tiny Whisper, <laughs> Michael Winslow, Jeremy London, Jenna Sims, Don Fry, okay, wow. are all in this movie. Uh, so I got a good Bill Goldberg story for you. What's Not that? really, but it's okay. So I'm, uh, I'm at the Affliction show where Fedor fought Tim Sylvia. This is before I was in the UFC, so I was only famous on the internet. 
But um, I was uh, had just actually met Donald Trump um, and his son, who looked like he had Antonio Banderas-style hair in Desperado, Donald Trump Jr. did, which was hilarious to me at the oh. time. But, um, yeah, I uh, so I'm standing there, and uh, I hear somebody say, excuse me, buddy, I got to get in here. And I turned around, and it was Bill Goldberg, and he's trying to cut the line that I've been standing in for, like, 20 minutes. And I said, nah, man, I'm good. I didn't realize it was him at first. I said, nah, man, you got to wait. And he turned around and goes, no, I got to get in. I turned around, and I saw him. And I don't know if you remember Bill Goldberg's tagline back in the day. I probably should have prefaced it with this. But he used to always say, who's next, after he would fake beat someone up. Yeah. And um, I, uh, he said he had to get in there. I turned around. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize who's next. <laughs> Did he laugh? He got there and looked at me. He goes, what? And I said, you know, because you're Bill Goldberg. He goes, oh, 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 I got it. Okay. Like he loved it. Like he started laughing. And he goes, I need to get there. I said, yeah, you're still not cutting me, but I'm just letting oh, you know, you know, whatever. Like I still wouldn't let him. So I walked in with Bill Goldberg. So if he was cutting the line, so was I. So and I, I guess that story was as great I, as I met I his ex-wife at a strip club. <laughs> oh, also in this movie, by the way. No. Also, Bill Bianca. Goldberg and I had Bill Goldberg and I did a fight in a um, car wash at nighttime, and we we did this thing. We did a half hour fight, and I don't even know if it made it um, into the movie, but it was a great time. And I, the only problem was I had that was at that time I had those broken rods and didn't know it, and uh, so I I wasn't moving as fluently as Bill was. And uh, he picks one guy up who was over about 200, two and a quarter, hands him to me. And I went, fuck, man, I can't hold this guy much longer. I just sat him down and I, I just kind of weaned my way through, throughout the rest of the show. Well, also, Don the- was like, I've been carrying Shatner this whole movie. Now I got to carry this guy. Also on this movie, by the way, I forgot, is uh, Bianca Van Damme, Chuck Zito, Tommy Davidson, Don the Dragon Wilson. Sean Stone, Victor Ortiz, uh, Gene LaBelle, Judo Gene. Uh, What's this called? <laughs> I, I believe it's called Coke Residue. Juhan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tehran, the comedian. Uh, and yeah, so they're also in this. Jason, it's called, uh, it's called uh, uh, Fury of the Fist and the Golden Fleece. So, I'm watching it today. Sam Jones. Is in it, yeah, it just keeps going. Maurice Mezzanon, I don't know who that is, Simon Ree, it just keeps going. Uh, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of classic people are in this, by the way. So, uh, I mean, of course, Don Fry being the best one. C.T. Fletcher is in it's it. It's got a lot of people. It's got a lot of people. It's a lot of fun making that movie, I'll tell you. It was funner making that movie than it was watching it. <laughs> how did Don, how did you get into movies? Do you have an agent or how's that work? Shit. What's his name? Um, uh, God dang, I can't remember his name now. Uh, the um, the judge, the UFC judge from New York City. He's he's a stunt coordinator. Um, fuck, I can't remember his damn name. God dang. But he got me into the movies, then ended up getting me my SAG card. You know, but before that, Frank Shamrock had called me up and um, he was in a movie with a few other guys and they needed somebody to fight Tom Sizemore, you know. So I went in there and I got beat by Tom Sizemore in the movie in a flashback. <laughs> Sizemore was fighting addiction at the same time, so it probably wasn't really a fair fight. 
What was he like? Is he yeah. still alive or is he dead? I thought he was dead, but then he was in something. He's still alive. He is still alive, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He got killed in Saving Private Ryan. I remember that. Um, allegedly, I heard a story about him on that set. Like he like left and came back with like an STD on his face or something because they had to like like prolong shooting. Uh, but that's allegedly. Uh, so, but also uh, Don Fry. You were in The Diggers. You were also in Kill 'Em All. You were in Quad. You were in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Big Stan with Rob Schneider. No Rules. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've been in so many. Godzilla, obviously. Uh, obviously. It just keeps going on and on and on. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I got real lucky. Me. I got real lucky, man. Yeah. I mean, you've been. I would love to see a uh, STD try to go in Don's face and have his mustache fight it. That's what I want to see. Yeah, you ever get an STD done? <laughs> Except for my mom. Yeah, my ex wife. Gave me, my ex wife gave me a real good one. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Which one she give you? Uh, one you don't get rid of. <laughs> the old herps. Yeah, it happens. It happens. Well, listen, that is our podcast. We're going to leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> We're closing on herpes. You know it. <laughs> I will be at the Minneapolis House of Comedy October 1st to the 4th at the Mall of America, Minnesota House of Comedy. Uh, Greg, anything coming up? Uh, no, but I'm doing my fantasy football podcast. Look it up on SoundCloud or Apple iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts. It's fantasy football, harsh reality. Ween Dog. Go and subscribe to my YouTube channel. It is called The Joe Perez okay. Show. I am halfway to 1,000 subscribers. When I get that 1,000 1, 1, subscriber mark, I can start monetizing my videos and start making a couple cents you know, every month. So that would be a huge, huge accomplishment for me. So go to The Joe Perez Show on YouTube. McCorkle, anything coming up? Yeah, all week I'll be trying to convince a bank to loan me money on a half million dollar house without any provable income. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's my challenge all week this week. They're like, they, they keep saying, we just don't understand how you pay your bills. And I'm like, well, why does it matter? And they're like, well, you know, you have a 790 credit score, but uh, you make $18,000 a year. So we're just trying to figure out how you, how is your house paid off? How is, uh, you know, like they always ask me questions. So as long as it's not the IRS asking those same questions, I'm fine. But yeah, I'm trying to convince them to loan me money on a house I just bought. So, which I bought a house with 20 acres and a 4,000 square foot house. Cause I figured that's a good thing to do when you don't necessarily have a career lined up for the future. Like, why not go ahead and go out on a limb like that? So, makes right, sense. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you guys. You guys are the best. You're you're the Brandon Schaub of real estate investment. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm. <laughs> <laughs>